0: Chapter 6 of Will Warburton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sabrina Jazz Ainsworth. Will Warburton by George Gissing. Chapter 6. He had breakfasted and was smoking his pipe as he wrote a letter when Mrs. Hopper announced the visit by appointment of her brother in law, All There entered a short, sturdy, red-headed young fellow, in a Sunday suit of respectable antiquity. His features were rude, his aspect dogged, but a certain intelligence showed in his countenance, and a not unamiable smile responded to the bluff heartiness of Warburton's greeting. By original calling, Alchin was a grocer's assistant, but a troublesome temper had more than once set him adrift, the outcast of grocerdom, to earn a living as best he could by his vigorous thews, and it was in one of these intervals that, having need of a porter at the works, Warburton had engaged him on Mrs. Hopper's petition. After a month or so of irreproachable service, Orchin fought with a foreman and took his discharge. The same week Mrs. Orchin presented him with their first child. The family fell into want. Mrs. Hopper, squeezed between door and jam, drew her master's attention to the lamentable case, and help was of course forthcoming. Then, by good luck, Orchin was enabled to resume his vocation. He got a place at a grocer's in Fulham Road and in a few weeks presented himself before his benefactor bringing half a crown as a first instalment towards the discharge of his debt for only on this condition had he accepted the money half a year elapsed without troublesome incident the man made regular payment in small sums then came the disaster which mrs hopper had yesterday announced well algin cried warburton what's the latest before speaking the other pressed his lips tightly together and puffed out his cheeks as if it cost him an effort to bring the words to the surface his reply came forth with explosive abruptness. "'Lost my place at Boxon, sir.' "'And how's that?' "'It happened last Saturday, sir. I don't want to make out as I wasn't at all to blame. I know as well as anybody that I've got a will of my own. But we're open late, as perhaps you know, sir, on Saturday night. And mister Boxen, Boxon—well, it's only the truth—he's never quite himself after ten o'clock. I'd worked from eight in the morning to something past midnight. Of course, I don't think nothing of that, because it's regular in the trade. But, well—' "'In come a customer, sir—a woman as didn't rightly know what she wanted. "'And she went out without buying. "'And Mr. Boxen he see it, and he come to me and he calls me by the foulest name he "'could turn his tongue to. "'And so—well, sir, there was unpleasantness, as they say.' He hesitated, Warburton eyeing him with a twinkle of subdued amusement. "'A quarrel, in fact, eh?' "'It did about come to that, sir. "'You lost your temper, of course.' "'That's about the truth, sir.' "'And Boxen turned you out.' Orchin looked hurt. "'Well, sir, I'd no doubt he'd have liked to, but I was a bit beforehand with him. When I seen him last, he was settin' on the pavement, sir, rubbing his head.' In spite of his inclination to laugh, Will kept a grave countenance. "'I'm afraid that kind of thing won't do, Orchin. You'll be in serious trouble one of these days.' "'That's what my wife says, sir. I know well enough as it's Ardena—just after we've lost the baby—as perhaps Mrs. Oppel have told you, sir. I was very sorry to hear it, Orchin. "'Thank you, sir. You've always something kind to say, and I'm that vexed because I was getting on so well with paying my debts. But Mr. Boxen, sir, he's many a time made me that mad that I've gone out to the backyard and kicked the wall till my toes was sore just to ease my feelings like. To tell the truth, sir, I don't think he's ever rightly sober, and I've heard others say the same. And his business has fallen off, something shocking. Customers don't like to be insulted, that's only natural.' He's always going down to Kempton Park, or Epsom, or some such place. They do say, as he's lost hundreds of pounds, at Kempton Park last week. It's my opinion the shop can't go on much longer. Well, sir, I thought I just ought to come and tell you the truth of things, and I won't disturb you no longer. I shall do my best to find another place." Warburton's impulse was to offer temporary work in Little Ailey Street, but he remembered that the business was not in a position to increase expenses, and that the refinery might be any day closed. "'All right,' he answered cheerfully. "'Let me know how you get on.' When Orchin's heavy footsteps had echoed away down the stairs, Mrs. Hopper answered her master's call. "'I suppose they have a little money to go on with,' Orbiton inquired. "'I mean, enough for a week or so.' "'Yes, I think they have that, sir. But I see how it'll be. My poor sister'll end up in the workhouse. Orchin'll never keep a place. Not that I can blame him, sir, for giving it to Boxen, because everyone says he's a brute. Well, Just let me know if they begin to be in want. But, of course, Orchin can always get work as a porter. He must learn to keep his fists down if he doesn't want to be perpetually out of employment. That's what I tell him, sir. And my poor sister, sir. She's never stopped talking to him, day or night, you may say, ever since it happened. Merciful heavens, groaned Warburton to himself. End of chapter 6 Recording by Sabrina Jazz Ainsworth